Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The Volume. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, Three and Out Podcast. Football, big weekend. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Exciting times. Uh, here's what I need to do. Subscribe to the podcast. If you listen through Collins feed, subscribe to the Three and Out feed. Share with your friends. Check out the volume on YouTube. I go live there every week. A uh, bunch of other content on there as well. Uh, also have the golf podcast, Go Low. One thing we're doing is I have a Go Low pod set up on Instagram because we do the Middlecoff mailbag, which we'll do on this show. That's my Instagram account, at John Middlecoff. I made a separate one for non-football questions for the golf ones, at Go Low pod. Uh, and obviously the mailbag, we're just going to keep rocking and rolling that with the football questions on my own Instagram. It's just easier to separate. And like I said, subscribe to the pod, leave a review if you could. I'd greatly appreciate that. That helps just with the selling of the show. And uh, let's uh, let's talk some football. Okay, I, I was I, I remember back when the CBA passed, and we had we had the players versus the owners, and you know it was there was a lot of arguments over who was going to get what. And I remember DMing with a player who's going to go in the Hall of Fame one day. And he was just telling me about some of the different issues that were coming back and forth. And one of the main issues was, you know, he, he said, you know, we don't get played, paid for the playoffs. We don't make any money. And if you're a player, and let's say you make $15, 20000000 million, well, once the playoffs start, every player makes the same amount of money, right? The, a player with, if you're a star pro bowl guy, or if you're the 53rd guy on the roster, it's why I don't know if you saw the story last week that Dak Prescott gathered a lot of players on his team to pitch in to pay for the practice squad guys. And my pushback was, I understand that, and it's it's obviously it feels a little off, but when you win in the playoffs, you become a legend for life. You make yourself financially viable in whatever city you live in. Right, I know just growing and born and raised in the Bay Area, guys like Joe Montana, Steve Young, Jerry Rice, Brent Jones had very lucrative lives in this area. Not because, of course, winning games in the season is important, but you become a legend winning in January. You become you set yourself up for life financially for once your playing days are over for being introduced as this is. Ronnie Lott, three-time Super Bowl champion. This is Tom Brady, six-time Super Bowl champion. Julian Edelman. This is Julian Edelman, three-time Super Bowl champion. So whatever you don't make in the playoffs, because you don't make that much. You, You just simply do not. Every player makes the same, which makes no sense, but it's the setup of the league. But the amount of money and what you have on the line, and this is what I told the player, who had some historic moments in the playoffs, who is a Super Bowl champion. I said, your value for the rest of your life, whether it's in business, whether it's doing stuff involved with the sport, whether it's just trying to get a meeting with someone when you're 50 years old, 
you can get that call back immediately because of the value associated with your name known as a Super Bowl champion, known as someone who's who's part of some of the most important moments in the history of this game of the National Football League, right? It's, it's what separates the coaches. It's why we hold Bill Belichick to such high regard. It's why for so long, everyone that tried to argue for Andy Reid, once he got that Super Bowl championship, no one can take that away from him. He is introduced, first and foremost, not as a guy with a bunch of wins, not as a guy who's been to a bunch of conference championships, as Super Bowl champion Andy Reid. John Harbaugh has that. Mike Tomlin has that. Tom Coughlin has that. All these coaches in recent memory, the first thing you introduce them as is a champion. And when you're known as a champion, you become more financially viable uh, for the rest of your life. And coaches, you coach in your 50s and your 60s and your 70s. But as a player, unless you're Tom Brady, it like ends at 35, 36, 37 years old. And you have the rest of your life to do these, you know, business, you know? And, and I've seen it firsthand uh, of these famous players that played for the 49ers dynasty, that built financial institutions, that built restaurants. I mean, you, you go to these towns, and I'm sure many of you listening, Elway has a steakhouse, Mike Shanahan had a steakhouse. In these different cities, when I lived in Philadelphia, one thing that was missing was they hadn't had a championship. But a reason some of their star players over the years, like Brian Dawkins, obviously Brian Dawkins was really good, but he had made big-time plays in the playoffs. And obviously, you want to win a championship, but if you can just make plays in the second round, in the championship round, like you become a legend and you become entrenched in the market uh, wherever you live for the rest of your life. It's why so many people that play big-time college football that win a championship, like ultimately Tebow can't do NFL stuff because we don't view him as an NFL player. But think about his value to the University of Florida and the SEC. Greg McElroy, same thing. It's it's on a lower level, but it's somewhat similar. When you win a national championship at these blue blood blue blood programs, your financial viability in that area, in that city, and in that conference is set for life. And uh, I, I find that just fascinating. I mean, look at last week, right? The Niners Cowboy game, forty million people watched. Forty million people. I, I find it so fascinating. I'm going back and watching Seinfeld right now, and over COVID, I've watched you know some of these old shows like Sopranos, but I've even gone back. I watched a little bit of Cheers from the '80s, and then you you Wikipedia some of their, uh, you know, w- when those shows like the the season finale or when the show ended, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80 million people watched. We don't get that many people watching these shows anymore. It's too segmented. We have too many options. Uh, I mean, I'm a part of like 17 streaming services. Like how many more streaming services can I sign up for? I just did Paramount Plus. Now because the PJ Tour is starting, I got to do ESPN Plus. You know, I got Hulu. I got Netflix. I got Amazon. Everything's segmented. When I was a kid, the reason everyone watched Fresh Prince of Bel-Air or Seinfeld or whatever, because there were like five channels. You had ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox. <laughs> you know, that, that was it. Uh, we didn't even have cable, you know, in my house till like 2000, right? And I think now we have 7 million streaming services. The one thing we agree on is the people watch the National Football League. And this weekend, the amount of people that are going to be watching these games, 30, 35, 40, 45 million people. So when you make these big plays, that becomes entrenched in our mind. Part of the reason Michael Jordan became Michael Jordan, Google and Wikipedia, the amount of the, the ratings they were doing in the 90s, the amount of people. His brand was so big because we were all watching. Google some of the ratings for Tiger Woods. The reason Tiger Woods became so famous, we were all watching. And football is one of the last things in this country that we all consume, and especially all consume at the same time. Even some of the big Netflix show, we, we consume at different times, right? It's it's not all the same. Sometimes Some people might watch it a year or two later. Uh, but with live sports, but specifically football, we all watch it concurrently. You know, Saturday, Sunday, this weekend. Sign up. Can't wait. Let, let's roll. Uh, legends are going to be made. And when you think about legends, I think the guy that has the most to gain this weekend uh, would be Andy Reid. And I, I was so, people ask me all the time, like, you know, you're a Niners fan. And really, I say, I always push back. Like, no, I was growing up. But now that I do this for money, it, it's not the same. I, I think about things in revenue. What will do the most for my business? Now, obviously, the Niners winning is good for one of my businesses. I, I root for that. But as a fan, it's there's a purity that lost 
that, that, that has disappeared from my inner being a long time ago. I obviously still love the game of football. I, I like talking about it, but I do it for money. And whenever you do something for money, it's just not the same. Now, I'm a fan of the sport. I'm a fan of coaching. Uh, but my, my true inner fan days died a long time ago. And it's kind of sad, but kind of not really. It's just, it just, it just different. But when I when the Niners lost to Andy Reid, whatever, two years ago in the Super Bowl, I, I was happy. You know, I, I don't know Kyle Shanahan personally. Uh, I know some other people with the Niners, but Andy Reid changed my life. A big reason I have credibility to do this was because of Coach Reid. I worked for Andy Reid with the Philadelphia Eagles. That gave me credibility and helped me kind of jump the line. You know, a lot of people, they go to big J schools and they they work their way up. I just, I circumvented them all. <laughs> now, I mean, the cream always rises, but, uh, and I, I just took a different path. But because of associating with him, if I had worked for just some random coach who had just been known as just a loser, it wouldn't have been the same. And so I have a, uh, I have a bias toward Coach Reed. And once he won that Super Bowl, it kind of validated his entire career, which is I, I, for the outside, not for anyone that had been around him, anyone that had seen him work. He's still the hardest working human I've, I've ever seen. But once he won the one, like he was headed to the Hall of Fame because he had all these wins. He had been to all these conference championships. The one thing he had missing, he got it. Now he's kind of been playing with house money. Look what he's done the last two years. Went to another Super Bowl last year. Won the AFC. No big deal. Won the division six straight times. He just keeps racking up all these check marks. He wins this game on Sunday. He will go to his ninth conference championship game. And regardless who wins against the Bengals and the Titans, he will be favored in that game. So we will be looking at Andy Reid headed back to uh, you know basically uh, another Super Bowl, more than likely. And if he can get two, you know it, that that puts him in rare air because his resume beside the Super Bowls is basically, you know, there are only a couple guys who can hang, right? He's fifth all-time in wins. He's fourth all-time in playoff wins. He's clearly going nowhere. He has this young quarterback who's under contract. They just are in great position to be doing this for a while. Kelsey's getting a little older. They need to replenish some of their skill guys. But if Andy wins this game, I I think a lot of people then are going to look at the Chiefs as, are they going to win the Super Bowl? And if he gets that second, and even if he doesn't this year, he's going to get a second. Like, it's, it's going to happen. Like they're, they're just going to continue to be in the mix. They're going to continue to get home playoff games. But if he does it this year, I don't think anyone has more to gain. And, you know, Josh Allen, you know, I think he's already considered a star. He's already made a lot of money. He has a lot to gain, too. If he were to upset the Chiefs, then I think also they would be favored in the AFC Championship game against either the Titans. They would be on the road against the Titans or they would be hosting the Bengals. But I, I think Coach Reed, he wins this game. I mean, he, he's... He, he's just building, he's adding to this resume, this already elite, the way we talk about some of the greatest coaches in the history of sports, let alone the game of football, which is obviously very coaching-centric. And then when you look at the guy who I believe that has the most to lose, uh, it'd be Aaron Rodgers. And I've been saying this for a while. There are certain quarterbacks, I, I thought about this with Peyton Manning for a long time. He was too good to only have one Super Bowl. And until that last year, when his kind of his arm fell off, I'm glad that he got that second Super Bowl because it, I don't want to say it validated his career, but he, he was, it, it, there's no way Eli Manning should have had more Super Bowls than Peyton Manning. It, it feels all that's right that he got that second Super Bowl. He went to four. Uh, you could argue he should have won like three or four, but Aaron Rodgers, like Peyton Manning, now Aaron's only 37 years old and he has several years left. But if they were to lose this weekend, the, the talk immediately would start up. What's going to happen? Is he going to demand a trade? Is, his, is he going to retire? Is his career? Devontae Adams a free agent. What are they going to do? Well, never forget, NFL's not the NBA. Devontae Adams is not going to hit free agency. They're going to franchise tag him. And if you want Devontae Adams, you'd probably have to trade multiple first-round picks for him. So he's not. it's not that cut and dry. And obviously, Devontae, I, I retweeted it yesterday. I mean, you talk about one of the most impressive guys in the league the way he conducts himself on and off the field. He's everything you want in a star player. Aaron is, you know, but he does bring some drama. And I do think last offseason is somewhat indicative of like, is that going to come back up? I've been saying this for a while about Russell Wilson. Is it just over? Or is it just going to be another story about how he wants this, he didn't get this, and this and this? Like, Aaron, it doesn't get any better. Win or lose this game. But I do think the drama would start back up. But he won back-to-back MVPs. He, to me, he's clearly the best player in the NFL. 
And if you've been watching football for a while, he's one of the best players we've ever seen. I, I was thinking about this. I rewatched the Niner Packer game uh, from week three. And in that game, I, I was just thinking watching Rodgers. He made a throw to Valdez Scantling that was just football porn. It was over a dropping defensive back over his fingertips in the corner of the end zone. He's one of the best players in any sport I've ever watched. I would put him on the short list of just pure talents. When he's on, it's as good as it gets. But his resume, I'm putting him with, you know, the Tiger Woods, the Tom Brady's, the, you know, the Barry Bonds, the whoever, the Steph Curry's, the LeBron James, Michael Jordan. Like he's in my group of the best players I've ever seen play, he's right there. But now he's been in this situation and he's lost a lot of these games. Like he's 0-3 against the Niners in the playoffs. He lost a couple years ago. Well, his team wasn't as good and he wasn't playing well. But years before, he lost to the 49ers at home when he had the better record. He was hosting the game. And he's lost in this spot several times in Lambeau. And like Peyton Manning, he's too great of a player. And now he's racking up these MVPs and well-deserved. He's fucking eviscerating the competition. Now, I think some people would counter and be like, look at what he's done against the Lions, the Bears, and the Vikings. That's true. But I've seen him play enough against the other teams. Like, he's elite. The problem is he's is throwing. I mean, he's one of the greatest passers we've ever seen. I, I never saw Elway and Marino beside on YouTube. To me, he's in that version. Like when you watch him, it, it's a perfect pass. He does not turn over the ball. He has 13 picks. Here, I'll put this into context. He has 13 interceptions in the last three years. Jimmy Garoppolo is 12 this year. Like he's just, this, this guy does not turn over the football. And you get these home games. You get these number one seeds. You got to take advantage of it. You don't have to win the Super Bowl every year, but you just got to get there a couple times. Like, look at Mahomes the last couple of years. He wins the Super Bowl. What does he do the next year? He gets right back because he's hosting these playoff games. Look at last year. They host Tampa Bay. I had bet on Green Bay. I had picked the Packers, and then they fucking lose the game. You know, this is the moment. You're a six-point favorite against a team that just, just played a game five nights ago. You got to win, and you got to dominate. Like, this is on you. You're the best player in the sport. You should eviscerate this team who has some serious question marks at at cornerback. But I don't really have faith that he's just going to do that. And part of it is like when you play at Lambeau Field, it's going to be zero degrees. It's freezing cold. It might snow a little bit. It kind of neutralizes, and this goes back to the Peyton Manning stuff. It's hard to just light up everyone throwing the ball. You have to have a balanced team. And this is where I give LaFleur and the Packers credit. They have a balanced team. They run the ball really well. Like, this is the type game. I know what Kyle Shanahan's going to do. He's going to try to shove the run down their throat. Will they hammer the run? Two of their best players are Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Like, their running backs are really good. So, I think they need to lean on these guys. We're going to find out if they will. And Aaron just needs to be Aaron Rodgers. But we saw last year, he wasn't Aaron Rodgers in the biggest game. Now, sometimes Tom Brady hasn't been Tom Brady, and his teammates have picked him up. His defense makes plays. His running backs make plays. You know, having you know tight ends help, but obviously, you know the the Packers are predicated on throwing the ball outside. They have the best wide receiver in the sport, Devontae, non quarterbacks, a top five player in the sport. Uh, I, I have a lot. I have more faith in a weird way in Devontae Adams than I do Aaron Rodgers. That's weird to say for a guy that's going to win his fourth MVP and, like I said, one of the best players I've ever seen. But the pressure on him, I, there's not even a second. Like the, when I look at this weekend and I go. Who has the most pressure? It's the Packers and Aaron Rodgers because of everything that's kind of uh, the, the cloud of his offseason. Is he going to demand a trade? What's going to happen? I don't even think there's a two. Like the Titans, do they really have that much pressure? Who really cares? The Bills, Chiefs, I mean, well, no. The Niners don't really have any pressure. The Rams, kind of, but they're on the road. They're an underdog. Brady, like, what? It's just who cares if he loses? He's got seven Super Bowls. Arians is a Super Bowl champion. I guess you could say McVay, given what they've traded for Matt Stafford. But I, I don't know. I, I, I think there's Rodgers all alone, and then there's kind of everybody else. So you're going to feel it if they get down. You know, they're at home. Uh, they have one of the great home field advantages. in the. It's one of the most historic, I'd say, venues in all of America. So uh, I, I, I can't wait. Hey, each win with FanDuel means that much more in the NFL playoffs. Yeah, the FanDuel Sportsbook's hooking up new customers. 30 to 1 enhanced odds for this weekend's divisional playoffs. Five bucks can win you 150 bucks on any team to win any divisional playoff game. I like the Chiefs 
minus a couple of points. I like the Chiefs over the Bills. Just sign up, FanDuel Sportsbook, make a deposit to claim your 30 to 1 enhanced odds. You know FanDuel Sportsbook, safe and secure, best-in-class customer service, get paid out in as little as two hours. If you already have a FanDuel Sportsbook, right, you already have it, FanDuel's hooking up all customers with $50 when you refer a friend. So plus your friend gets $50 too. So don't miss enhanced odds. Always use the promo code Colin, C-O-L-I-N. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia, or West Virginia. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max refund, 10 bucks. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook, fanduel.com. Same game parlay available for multiple sports in all states on mobile slash web. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Jersey, and Virginia. Or call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Tennessee red line is 1-800-889-9789. Or go to 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. Or call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The first game, which in theory has the least juice because it's Bengals versus the Titans. The Bengals have never won a road playoff game. Uh, I was recorded the spot with Stucky that we do every weekend. And I was like, you know, I, I can't think of the last time the Titans played a home game. You know, I was thinking like Steve McNair, Eddie George, Jeff Fisher. He's like, bro, they, they hosted a playoff game last year. They're this weird team, right? They've been really good with Mike Vrabel, yet they get they don't get much respect. Even though I'm a big Mike Vrabel guy, and I say all the time, if he had been a quarterback and an offensive coordinator, we would put him on a pedestal like we do McVay, like we do Kyle. He's just a defensive guy. And we just, defense isn't as sexy in 2022 as it was way back in the day. We anoint offensive guys. That's why everyone's doing a circle jerk over Kellen Moore and all these guys. And the defensive guys don't really get any love. <laughs> Even though Mike Vrabel, his resume speaks for itself. He just, in a, in, in a conference that has the Bills and the Chiefs, he's the number one seed. He's getting his best player back. My issue with the Titans, you know, I've known John Robinson for a long time. He's a stud GM. They just, they win a ton of games. I just don't really trust the quarterback. And I think as you go in the playoffs, it just gets in positions where your quarterback Second and nine, third and 11, you know, second and 11, third and eight, where you got to throw. Now, A.J. Brown, stud. Julio banged up a lot. It's kind of a shell of himself. But do you trust Ryan Tannehill? Because Joe Burrow, like the Bengals are truly playing with house money. There's not a soul beside Bengal, probably not even Bengal fans, beside like Ocho Cinco, who actually went on record and said that he thought they would be here, that think thought they would be here. But it's hard for me to envision the Bengals winning this game. But nobody would take Joe uh, Ryan Tannehill over Joe Burrow, so they have the quarterback advantage. Uh, Jamar Chase has been an unstoppable force. Now, do you trust the offensive line? Zach Taylor, you know, I, I just, we don't know that much about him. Uh, pretty impressive last week. I mean, they they dominated that game. Now, they're better than the Raiders. I mean, they had already beat them earlier in the season. But, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm taking the Titans. I don't feel great about it. Uh but this is a game for a game that easily is the least juicy of the weekend. This is a, this is a pretty good game. And then the Niners Packers. Uh, I, I think the number one story is Nick Bosa play. 
Because Nick Bosa was, I, I watched the week three game. That game was much, obviously the final score was 30 to 28, but the Packers were up 17, nothing. Uh, the Packers, you know, took advantage of some major question marks in the Niners secondary. You know, it was a beautiful night in San Francisco or Levi stadiums in Santa Clara and Rogers, you know, chucked it around and Devonte Adams dominated the game. I think he had like 12 for 130 and a touchdown. He had like basically the game winning catch on the final drive when they didn't have any timeouts. All the pressures on the Packers, though. And one thing the Niners did last week is they showed up in Dallas with the mindset, we're going to kick the shit out of you. And they ran it right down their throat and they set the tone early. Now, the Packers, to me, are much more mentally tough than uh, than the Dallas Cowboys. I, I was listening to Coward's podcast he did with Dave Wanstead. And Dave Wanstead, I, I loved it. He was just shitting on Kingsbury. And he was just talking about the urgency in that building. Like they had kind of been on cruise control. And he's like, one thing Jimmy Johnson used to do is just he'd create chaos. Sometimes you got to create a crisis, Colin. You know what I mean? Things are just good, but we got to go in there and create a crisis. I got to throw somebody out of a meeting because he's not taking notes or paying attention or throw somebody off the practice field because he jumped off sides twice. You got to do something to get everybody's attention. Did Jimmy do that when your team yes. did he have? Oh, God, he was he was a. He was out of his mind. He'd say, let's go get a beer after the game. He just screamed at the team for 10 minutes. I said, I got a headache. I'm going home. I'm going to go home and drink some whiskey. I'll see you tomorrow morning, about six or five or whatever time you want to get together. I think most of the teams, and definitely these two teams, like you don't need to do that. You don't need to create chaos with the Niners and Packers. Like Devontae Adams, Jair Alexander, Kenny Clark, Aaron Rodgers. Like th these guys know, you know, George Kittle, Trent Williams, like they, these, these are mature winners. But I, I just wonder, when you get down at home, it can throw you off. Now, I think the Packers are infinitely more mentally tough, and they've been to the playoffs way more than the Cowboys. But anytime you get down at home in, you know, in football, every game's a game seven. I've seen it in baseball. I've been to these big warrior games. When you're down at home in an elimination game, people get tight. You feel it in the stands. And when you feel it in the stands, the players feel it too. So to me, if the Niners are going to win this game, they got to get up early. Like, I don't see them coming back from like 10 nothing. especially, you know, they, they've been basically road warriors for the last three or four weeks. You know, the Titans game, the Rams game, then the Cowboys game. The Packers have kind of been in cruise control. Now that can work against you and it can work for you. They basically had a bye week, week 18. They didn't play their guys, especially the second half. The Lions beat them. Last week, they didn't have to do anything. They had a bye. And uh, the Niners are coming off a short week. They're, they're enormous favorites. The biggest line of the week, it's six. I think the next biggest line is like three and a half. So it shows you. We're talking two and a half point spread bigger than any other game this weekend. Uh, if Rodgers is slinging it and he's on, the Packers are going to win. They have a massive advantage at quarterback. Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy G. And listen, I, 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 Jimmy G has earned my respect the last several weeks. But they're on Rodgers' worst day, he's basically Jimmy G. On his worst day. On his best day, Jimmy G couldn't dream of doing what Aaron Rodgers does. Now, we'll see with the weather. I went back and I watched uh, the 2013 playoff game, wild card weekend. I guess it would have been basically January of 2014. But th that field was in terrible shape. It was freezing cold. And it's just hard to score in that situation. Now, Rodgers was way younger, but that team, you know, those, those 2011, 2012, 2013 Packer teams were really good. So to me, the weather is going to play a factor. And the worse the weather is, to me, the more that benefits the Niners because the more they don't have to rely on Jimmy G. They get to just play defense and run the ball. I have some money on the Niners. Now it's more probably a little biased there. Uh, but I, I, I do think I, I've come around this week. When the week started, I'm like, the, the Niners have no shot. I think they can win this game. Now, I, I still, you know, the Packers, if they win this, I, I still kind of like them to win the Super Bowl. But we'll see, man. That that Lambeau gets very, very difficult when your best player is your star quarterback. We, we've seen it time and time again now. That they, they, they are not able to just score 35 points like they're able to do in October and November. And the other thing is, like, you don't get to play the Lions and the Bears <laughs> come come January. So this this game, you talk the Packers, Niners, or the Niners, Cowboys did 40 million people. I'd expect another enormous audience. Bucks, Rams. I, I think it's the Rams' time. I think the Bucks are kind of running out of juice. They just had so many injuries. You lose your star right tackle. That that's going to be very, very difficult to overcome. Uh, Tristan Wirfs is a star, and the Rams. Like I think Von Miller's looked pretty good the last three weeks. 
you know, they kind of keep him on a pitch count. He's been, he's pressuring the quarterback. I think he has a sack back-to-back weeks. Aaron Donald, I love what the Rams, I, I have a lot of respect for the Rams last weekend. They showed up in that game and they basically looked at the Arizona Cardinals and they say, you don't belong in the same field with us. And what Juan said was talking about creating chaos. Aaron Donald was trying to fight people up 28-0. That was their mentality. Their mentality was like, we're trying to win the next three games. Our goal is to get to the Super Bowl. The Cardinals were like, we're just happy to be here. Look at our coach. He calls these fun plays. Look at our little quarterback. And the Rams are like, we're going to kick the living shit out of you. And I, I do think the Rams can build off that. My number one question with them is Stafford. And can he not turn over the ball? He's like the much, he's the better version of Jimmy G. But goddamn, they both turn the ball over a lot. And if he fumbles, he throws pick sixes. If he plays like Arizona and he controls the ball, the Rams win this game. I, I believe it. And listen, I'm not in the business of betting against Brady, but I do think you get to the point of law of diminishing returns. Like you, you can't keep losing star players and just keep rolling. Like Leonard Fournette, I made fun of him for a long period of time. And the playoff, like Leonard Fournette's really good. Like not having him around is a big deal. Not having Chris Godwin around is a big deal. Say what you want about crazy Antonio Brown. Look at his stats last year, especially in the playoffs. Like he was very, very productive for them. They have just lost a lot of the key guys, and it's it's just difficult. He still is a, a elite player. Still, you, you you know, if you voted for him for the MVP, I, I probably wouldn't argue, even though I would disagree with you. But I just forty four year old can just carry you against these really good teams. Him, and, I mean Gronk still. The Gronk actually looks pretty good. Obviously, the to me, the Bucks coaching staff is really good. This matchup of Sean McVay versus Todd Bowles, that, that's that's an elite matchup. That's that's about as good as it gets. Uh, but I like I like the Rams to win. I, I like a money line. I, I I have some serious cash on this game. And then the Bills Chiefs. This is just this is a football game. I mean, you have when I when I first got hired in Philly, Sean McDermott was our defensive coordinator, and you get to know him and you get to know the story. He started his career as Andy Reid's assistant. And that position, people that have started at that spot have been guys like Brett Veach, who's now the general manager for the Kansas City Chiefs. Matt Nagy, uh, obviously Sean McDermott. So he, you know, we're talking a lot this week about, you know, Shanahan and LaFleur and the connection. I don't think, and and maybe you are in Bills and Chiefs land, but I don't see it nationally, the connection of Sean McDermott and Andy Reid, who started this guy's career, built him up, you know, studied under Jim Johnson, these guys have connections going back almost 20 years. Uh, Sean is Sean has turned into an elite coach. He is a baller. I think the one thing for the Bills, though, and we'll talk about Brian Dayball here in a second, is this, you know, you, this is probably your last game or two with Brian Dayball. And he has been a very, very important piece of your team and building Josh Allen. Now, maybe Josh Allen's at the point where whoever their next coordinator is, he's so good it'll just keep on rolling. Maybe it won't. Time will tell. But this is, you know, kind of the mentor versus the mentee. You know, one guy's a defensive guy, one guy's an offensive guy. But just, you know, the culture, the way they, you know, the type guys that they like. I think the Bills have a lot of parallels to the Chiefs. I saw Mitch Morris, the center for the Bills, talking about a lot of the parallels of Patrick Mahomes and, and Josh Allen. And, and one thing he said, one consistent theme with both guys is just how approachable they are. And I think that's an underrated part about being a star quarterback is like you're put on this pedestal, you make all this money, but can you still just be one of the guys? Can you still just hang out with like the right guard and the backup special teams guy and have, you know, a couple of course lights and eat a cheeseburger? You know, Tom Brady is able to do that, even though he's the ultimate guy on the pedestal, still feels very normal as his all time great teammate. So I, I don't I guess I would take the Chiefs just because they're at home, but I think either one of these two teams, whoever wins this game, could easily win the Super Bowl. And I think has a you know whoever wins this game is going to be favored in the AFC Championship game. Uh, but this is just two star young quarterbacks, two staples of the NFL probably for the next decade. I think the NFL should be proud that these two guys, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, represent the sport, the character of the two guys, the way they act, the way they play. To me, they're the total package. And everything a GM wants when you when you pick a player, especially a quarterback, is you want them to be everything. You want them to be on the field, a great player. Off the field, you want to be able to say, I want that guy to date my daughter. I, I trust that guy to watch my home. I trust that guy to put all of our mortgages basically on his back. I trust that guy to endure himself to all his teammates. I trust this guy 
to be the uh, the face of not just the franchise, but of my city. And I think both these guys have done a remarkable job. As as a uh, as any guy who can speak, you know, when you're 24, 25, 26, I can't imagine. You know, I say it all the time. I, I matured a lot in my 30s. I, I I can't imagine having that much pressure, being forced to be that mature. You know, at, at that age. And both these guys, it speaks to their parents, their upbringing, uh, how coachable they are. They they also benefit a lot that knowing the two guys of being around Sean McDermott and Andy Reid. Now, I think they would have been they would have been good people regardless. But you see, like Trevor Lawrence, you get around Urban Meyer, you know, the building burns down. You get around these two guys, uh, you know, it's 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 been awesome to watch. So I, I, I guess I would take the Chiefs, but I'm just going to be a fan, kick my feet up, eat some food, and, and, and just hope we get an incredible game. And, and really quick on the coaching carousel. You're seeing a lot of general manager names, uh, you know, floating around, people interviewing. I, I can't pretend to... No, half you know, I, I don't know these guys. I don't know how good their work is. And that's the hard part about GMs with coaches. Like when Brian Dayball or Kellen Moore or Byron Leftwich, like we see their work. Like I see Byron Leftwich calling plays. I see Kellen Moore calling plays. I've seen Byron Le- or Brian Dayball coach up and improve Josh Allen. His resume speaks for itself. I actually think Brian Dayball is the best coordinator by a mile on the market. He's been a coordinator at several different spots. He's failed. He's worked for Belichick, and he's worked for Saban. But then he went with Sean McDermott with a major project. Sean McDermott coaches the defensive side of the ball. I know he's the head coach, but that's his background. So the offense is Brian Dayball's baby, and we have seen it now for several years be as explosive as any in the league. And what he's done with Josh Allen is as good of a coaching job in a four-year span I think as we've ever seen in NFL history. So to me, if Brian, if you're looking for a coordinator, now if you want a guy with experience, I get the Todd Bowles, the Leslie Frazier's, the uh, you know Dan Quinn. I, I get that. You know, a guy that has been there and done that. But if you're looking for a coordinator, I don't even think there's a close second. I, I, I Kellen Moore, no. Leftwich is impressive. I would definitely interview him. But to me, Brian Dayball should be the number one coaching coordinator on the market. And I, th- I think he is. I think he is a 100% lock to be offered several jobs. He's going to have his pick at the litter. And the one general manager candidate that I can speak of, I've known this guy since I was a graduate assistant at Fresno State when he worked for the Patriots. Adam Peters, who played football at UCLA, and I knew I had heard about him because my cousin – had played football at UCLA and they had played together. Now, the UCLA that you know now, the Pac-12 that sucks and this UCLA teams that aren't very good, in the late 90s when Adam Peters went there, they were going to Rose Bowls. They were full of NFL players. They were a real top 15-ish program. They were a big boy. Like they were producing guys to the National Football League. And then from UCLA, Adam Peters gets hired by this guy named Bill Belichick. And he is part of multiple Super Bowls with Bill Belichick in the 2000s. So he sees what a like on the ground floor, Brady, Belichick, <clears throat> Vrabel, Brewski, all those guys. Seeing the building of that dynasty. Then he goes to the Denver Broncos where John Elway comes in. They sign Peyton Manning. So he goes to multiple Super Bowls and wins them as, you know, as he was an in-house guy and then he became a West Coast scout. Then he goes to the Denver Broncos at a higher level. I think he was like the college director. And, you know, he just had an executive position. And Elway comes in. They sign Peyton Manning. He sees that firsthand. He's part of a team that wins the division every year and goes to multiple Super Bowls and ultimately wins one and plays a massive role on that team. When he got hired by the 49ers, C.J. Anderson tweeted out, I would not have been in on the Denver Broncos and the starting running back if it wasn't for Adam Peters. Like, Adam Peters is big time. So he's been in a successful place with New England. Then he went to Denver, also successful. Then he goes, because John Lynch, boys with Elway, and John Lynch, who, I don't know if you know this, but he had said when he got hired that he had been thinking about being a GM, and he Elway used to let him go to draft meetings. And in those draft meetings, he sat next to Adam Peters, and he realized, holy shit, this guy's a shooting star. So he hires Adam Peters basically as his right-hand man when Kyle Shanahan becomes the head coach of the 49ers, which unlike New England and even Denver is a complete teardown. I mean, it was 
I say it all the time, what the New York Giants are right now, the San Francisco 49ers were post bulky and Chip Kelly and Tom Sula. It was a joke. So they build the fucking thing from scratch. Three years later, they're in the Super Bowl. So he's been part of New England, Super Bowl, Denver, Super Bowl, and then he gets to a Super Bowl with a third team. So I can't speak to polls with the Chiefs. I can't speak to the younger guy, the Bills assistant GM. All these guys seem like imp- impressive guys. And I, some of my Chiefs guys have said polls is an impressive guy. The Bills guy, reading the article about him, seems like he's an impressive guy too. I just can speak from experience, knowing Adam, and just watching his career, like he's been to five Super Bowls with three different teams. He's been around John Elway, Peyton Manning, Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, Kyle Shanahan, and this 49ers operation. I can't imagine there is a general manager candidate who's under 45 that has more experience. Some of the Belichick guys, you would say, but they've only been in one place. This guy has little seen this and that. And like, you're talking about Hall of Famers all over the place. Hall of Famers literally everywhere. He's at a front row seat and played a big role. So I see the Giants. He's in the mix. I, I don't want to lose him. Like, I, I like him out here. I like him part of the 49ers. But th- there can't be a more qualified candidate. Th- th- there literally can't. I, I don't know what else he could have done. He's seen it all. He has seen it all. He is more qualified than the guys he's interviewing against. It just it just speaks for itself. It really does. He to me is the most qualified candidate of all these, you know, younger guys, right? Now, if you wanted to hire a former GM or whatever, I get it, but if you were going to hire one of these younger guys and it sure feels like the New York Giants, those are the people he they're interviewing. To me, Adam Peters, I mean, just just look at his resume. Talk to him. It doesn't get any more impressive. And then last but not least, Jim Harbaugh. Uh, I, I've gotten conflicting, you know, reports on whether he's going to come, whether he's not going to come. I don't know. I, I hope he comes for entertainment purposes, though. I do like him at Michigan just as a fan of college football. Uh, I've been told that he's doing this as kind of an F you to Michigan to be like time to pay me. I've also been told this is serious. He wants the Raiders job. I don't know what to believe, honestly, but I also was told within the last 24 hours One thing that bothered Mark Davis during the Gruden era was that John Gruden was bigger than the team. And that was a fact. John Gruden had more advertisements on television than any Raider player. Hell, he had more ads on TV when he was a head coach than like most guys beside Patrick Mahomes and like Steph Curry and Tom Brady. Like John Gruden was more famous than he was a head coach. Now, there is some element of that with Jim Harbaugh. Like he's his own rock star in a vacuum, really famous guy. I get it. But unlike Gruden, this guy wins literally everywhere. So if Jim Harbaugh would accept my job, if I'm Mark Davis, I'd have to hire him because it would guarantee it's literally a guarantee that you will win football games. And the one thing the Raiders have not been able to guarantee over the last 20 years and definitely over the decade that Mark Davis has owned the team that they are going to win football games. They are an outlier when they win. This year felt like an outlier for the Raiders. They made the playoffs. They've done that twice in 19 years. You get Jim Harbaugh, look at his resume, you are guaranteed to go to the playoffs. It's an absolute blood bank, cold hard guarantee. So to me, I get it. I understand he brings a lot of just, he's just such a, but here's the other thing Jim Harbaugh brings. I bet he brings Vic Fangio as your defensive coordinator. I bet he brings an incredible coaching staff. I bet he brings the ability to keep Derek Carr rocking and rolling because that's what he. I saw him do it with Alex Smith. Uh, hell, even at Michigan, like he doesn't have the players Ohio State has. That's part of the argument. Like, why can't he beat Ohio State? Well, they have better players. Not even arguable. For the first time this year, it felt like they were somewhat equals, and Michigan beat them. Like, I would know this. Like, right? You know, I the Harbaugh. Part of it is Ohio State, Michigan. They talk shit about each other. I trust Jim Harbaugh starting from scratch much more than Ryan Day. Like, there is some truth to what he said. Like, Ryan Day did land on third a little bit. He inherited Ohio State from Urban Meyer. We'll see. Now, listen, I I think Ryan Day's done a good job signing all these quarterbacks and wide receivers, but his defense blows. And Ohio State, in my life, has been an elite defensive team. In the 2000s and under Urban Meyer, they dominated like an SEC team on the defensive side of the ball. Under Ryan Day, who's an offensive guy, who taught him, Chip Kelly, defense hasn't mattered. With Jim Harbaugh, defense always matters because he cares about defense. He cares about physicality. So I, to me, if I'm the Raiders, I don't know if he'd accept the job or not. I know there are reports that he would. I, I don't see how you could get a better coach than him.
especially going from John Gruden. Some similarities, both really famous, but unlike John Gruden, who loses a lot, all Jim Harbaugh does is win. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home, and then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards, the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of general tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their general tire, test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Okay, let's dive into the Middlecoff mailbag at John Middlecoff is the Instagram. And uh, let's start with Corey. Long-time listener, big fan. I'm a Steeler fan, big Steeler fan. And seeing Tomlin say he's going to have Haskins and Rudolph figure it out at quarterback one is disheartening. Personally, I'm not a huge fan of that option. Neither am I. What's your thought on what the Steelers will do at quarterback keep up the good work? I think there's no chance that either one of those guys is starting next year. Have absolutely, they, they can't do it. Like that's, that to me is not an option. 
What I think is going to happen is they're going to be in the market for a veteran quarterback. So these guys, you know, obviously if Russell Wilson, I think they'll sniff around Deshaun Watson uh, in the draft. But Mason Rudolph is just not a good player. Good looking guy. Bad football player. Dwayne Haskins. I mean, come on. He couldn't beat out Mason Rudolph this year to be the backup. So I, I, I think a lot of people have been asking, like, do you really think the Eagles are going to stay with Jalen Hurts? Well, yeah. As of January 20th, if options become available, they'll pivot. I, I don't judge you on what you say. I judge you on your actions. And because what you say and what you tweet, what you put on Instagram is meaningless if you do something else. It's, I mean, just look at the way society works. Judge people on their actions. If the Steelers don't sign or draft a guy, then you can be mad and have problems. But right now, like I, I, what you say when your season ends means nothing to me. Have a question for you. With the upcoming 21 UFA and possible loss of two coordinators looming this offseason, do you think Dallas is about to enter a rebuilding season? No, because, I mean, Micah Parsons, young and star, their line, defensive linemen are under contract, CeeDee Lamb, Amari are under contract. They need to improve the offensive line. They have some guys getting older and just not as good, and they need to improve the running back spot. Zeke, I would cut him because they still have good offensive weapons as pass catchers, they need to run the football. Their defense is still solid. Uh, the coordinator situation, you know, who's going to be their offensive and defensive coordinator is a major question mark. Is Mike McCarthy going to call the plays next year? Who's going to be their defensive coordinator? Are they going to hire Mike Zimmer? Uh, I would imagine Jerry would want that. And the thing is with Mike McCarthy, Jerry gets to tell Mike McCarthy to do whatever he wants. I think it's a big reason uh, why he likes him. But, you know, they're, they're not going to rebuild, but there are going to be some question marks going into next year. L. Kyler Murray take, man. On the back end of the last two seasons, he has been banged up, explaining why he hasn't been able to perform. In addition to this, his starting center, Rodney Hudson, has been injured, and so is his best wide receiver. A large chunk of the team hadn't experienced the playoffs yet, so they truly weren't ready to play, let alone face one of the most dominant defensive fronts in the league. Let's also not forget that Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen played poorly in their first playoff experiences. Remember when Josh Allen threw that haywire pass against the Texans when Lamar, even with the bye week, got smoked by the Titans? We often forget this things like this, man. Another thing is that Cliff Kingsbury has historically underperformed on the backside of the season. Just look at the records from Texas Tech and his quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. Well, here's what I'd say about Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. They did that in their first and second years in the league. Kyler Murray's in his third year, and he crumbled last year, and he crumbled again this year. Here's the other thing. Kyler keeps getting banged up at the end of the season. Of course he does. He's tiny. He's very, very small for NFL standards. And he gets tossed around like a rag doll when they're able to catch him. So by the end of the season, he runs out of gas because he's injured, because he's hurt, because he's small. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, he, he, for the first time, Lamar Jackson got injured this year. But those guys have got better as the season goes on. This guy keeps getting worse as the season goes on. You'd be like, well, he's injured. Well, of course he's injured. He's small. So to me, they got issues. And it starts with their little tiny quarterback who has the worst fucking body language of any player I think I've ever seen who's that talented. His body language as a quarterback is, from a scouting perspective, is disgusting. Do you Just watch the way other guys... Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, J uh, Josh Allen, Mahomes, Russell Wilson. Like, watch the way those guys carry themselves. Wins or losses. Why, Kyler is just so, like, is it, he's got this lethargic energy. For this talented player, it's just, it's, I don't know. It's gross. I am not a big Kyler Murray guy. Like I said, I'm out. You can have him. I like playing against him. I don't love playing against him in September, I'll send the limo to play against them in November and December, though. September, I might get my ass kicked. November, December, time for me to win. Absolutely love your takes on the pot. See, this guy liked my take. The 49ers take a big hit if we lose McDaniel. I think it'd be a pretty big loss. He's been with Kyle Shanahan since Houston. Uh, he's lost basically all of his other coaches over the years. McDaniel's a huge reason that they're running the ball well. Uh, he's... His, just, I mean, the guy's an Ivy League guy. He's just brilliant. But, you know, I don't know. Well, I, I don't think they're going to lose him as a head coach. Uh, I'm pretty sure the rules uh, 
you know, he's technically the offensive coordinator, but he doesn't call play. So if a team wants to call, make him the offensive coordinator as the play caller, which I would imagine if I was interviewing for these jobs, like Dan Quinn is a good example. I would say, yeah, I'm going to bring Mike McDaniel as my offensive coordinator. Mike McDaniel worked for Dan Quinn. And when the owner hears, oh, you're going to hire Kyle Shanahan's right-hand guy? That would excite me if I'm an owner. I don't have social media, so I'm using my wife's Instagram. Fan of the pod. Been listening for a long time, and I love the NFL angles based on experience of the league. I have a question for the mailbag. If PFF is such a great metric and dives into the intricacies of the NFL and how players truly perform, how come we don't use it on a broader scale? For example, they have the data to track offensive line performances, and they were able to track Trent Williams, the best player in the NFL, not the MVP they gave that to Tom, and the offensive player of the year, whereas your casual fan wouldn't consider that. Can you give your take on their information is more widely used, especially since NFL programs use their data? Please answer my husband's questions. I think he loves you more than me. He loves you more than me, I promise. Well... I'll say this, Trent Williams, my mom can see he's a great player. The way they grade Trent Williams is there is just a guy grading him every snap. Like no different than if you just watched the all 22 film and made a grade. They they are, I have no issue with PFF, but they are not the gospel. They don't know the play calls. They just grade on what they think should happen. Sometimes they get it right, like Trent Williams, and sometimes they get it wrong. So I, I just think that, the reason, you know, there's always been a best left tackle in the sport, right? When Anthony Munoz in his prime might have been better at his position than Joe Montana or Dan Marino, right, on a given year. But you would never say Dan Marino or Joe Montana were less important than Anthony Munoz. So, it's you know, it's just in football, if you had like Larry Allen as a guard, was probably better as an individual player than Troy Aikman. But... Troy Aikman was more important to the Cowboys because he was a quarterback. So I, I, I think it's more about like the positional importance. But again, it gets back to PFF. Like they're just individual guys who they hire off the street. Some of them are former players or whatever, but a lot of them are just guys trying to break into the sports business that get taught how to grade, right? It's like no different. If you went to every NFL team, their grades would differ player to player. Right, Some teams would have a guy ranked higher on a certain team than another team would have that same player ranked. You know why? Because grading players is subjective. It is not objective. Like To me, objective is this player threw 40 touchdowns. That's black and white. He threw 40 touchdowns. But how I grade you week in, week out changes, especially when you don't know the assignments. As a lifelong Cowboy fan, I was born into it, not my choice. What do you think they have to do to make a legitimate Super Bowl run? I feel like every year the team gets hyped up. They always fall short. Could it be that the Cowboys players just get more media attention and are sure to be elite players when they might not actually be? Feel like I've been watching the same old mediocrity story every year. They beat bad teams, lose to the good ones, but are somehow out in the first or second round. Just curious from an organizational standpoint, what changes have to be made to be a legitimate contender? Well, when I think to my youth of the great Cowboy teams, they ran the shit out of the football. They had an elite offensive line and they ran the ball with Emmett Smith. And like I said about Dak Prescott, is that Dak's best success is going to have with running the football. You can still throw the ball a lot. You have Amari, you have CeeDee Lamb, you still have Wilson. I guess Gallup's going to be a free agent. Jarwin's a good player. You have to run the ball. When you become a good running team, your team is tougher. And one thing the Cowboys lack is some toughness. And you look historically at McCarthy's teams with the Packers, he wasn't that big on running the ball. I know firsthand, my first year with the Eagles, we played him the year they won the Super Bowl in the playoffs. And that year, James Starks against us ran for like 150 yards. And they were not a good running team because they throw the ball a lot. Well, when you run the ball, it's just easier to win big games. It slows down the pace of the game. Uh, You get to dictate the terms. When you're throwing it all over the yard, unless you have like Brady, Manning, or Rodgers in their prime locked in, it's hard in playoff games. It's very, very difficult. You got to run the football. I think that is the key. With the bare salary cap issues and the number of teams looking for quarterbacks with a bad draft class coming, what do you think them trying to unload Foles or Dalton to a team like Pittsburgh uh, one year hold out until the next draft? I just don't think either one of those guys. I mean, Dalton has no value. To me, Dalton, I, I could not trade. 
I wouldn't trade a bag of balls for Dalton. Now, Foles, could I trade like a fifth or sixth round pick for Foles? I actually think Foles is better as a bullpen guy than as a starter. When Foles comes out of the bullpen and starts a game or two, he can look really good. When you name him the starter, it's when he looks terrible. I think Foles is a very, very bizarre player that way. Niners fan from Canada, love the content. And your fraud Staley rants. Do you think the cards are regretting passing on Bosa for Kyler? Imagine what their D-line would be today. No. Again, I'm not the biggest Kyler guy, but you need a quarterback. If you had Nick Bosa with Chandler Jones and no quarterback, you suck. So Kyler, I'm not acting like Kyler's some scrub. He's a top 12 talent in the league. His problem is he is just, he struggles to play the position when it matters. And when football matters is in January and December. And you can say, he. everyone keeps saying he's injured. Well, he's been injured all the time now down the stretch of these seasons. And I think it goes back to size. We love these little quarterbacks now. Do you know who I like? Big quarterbacks. Josh Allen, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. Have you ever walked by any of these guys? They're fucking enormous. Even Mahomes. These guys are big. Lamar Jackson is big. Russell Wilson, while he's short, he's 225 pounds. So, and Kyler does a pretty good job sliding and avoiding hits, but when when you're just small, you, you see Aaron Donald? Aaron Donald's trying to fight people up 28-0. These guys are coming for blood. I, I remember interviewing DeForest Buckner one time and being like, this is an enormous human being. When I was with the Eagles, we drafted Fletcher Cox. I remember seeing him walk in the building like, holy shit, this guy is massive. These guys are stone-cold killers. They're faster than ever up front. Every guy is like the size of Reggie White. And they can run. So even if you are a very, very athletic, like even Lamar, like he's the best runner I've ever seen. You get caught. You eventually get caught. So you got to find ways to avoid hits. And it's hard. I, I don't blame Kyler. How can he see? It is very, very difficult to see inside the pocket. So you have to get him outside of the pocket. Well, you get inside the pocket... That's where the uh, the shrapnel comes and bodies get blasted. I'm thinking about being an NFL scout, and that's my dream to work for the NFL. And I'm just wondering if there are any tips you can give me to start my career from being a scout. Uh, I've said it over and over. I, I work in college football. College football is a great, great stepping stepping stone and a great, great opportunity to meet people in the business. Because unless you know people in football, and let's face it, most of us are not going to know people in the NFL you have to find a uh, a bridge. And college football is an incredible bridge into the league. Lived in Pittsburgh as a child, then grew up in Mississippi, so diehard Steelers fan. I want, uh, but I went to Ole Miss, so I've watched a lot of Pitt Panther football. All the Steelers fans just want to see the Steelers draft pick it because he's a hometown thing. But I honestly think Matt Corral is a much better quarterback in this class with a beautiful deep ball and sneaky athleticism. Don't know if you have gotten to do any scouting yet because the season is still going on, but interested in your opinion <clears throat> on the two guys. Well, I, I watched both of them play this fall. I'll start with Pickett. I watched him play a couple games, and then I've texted my buddies that have all evaluated him. He's a more athletic Kirk Cousins. You know, to me, he's in that kind of that realm. Yeah, you know, I'd say Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, like that. That's kind of his skill set. Where Corral is more of your... You know, I would say Russell Wilson-ish type player, kind of freelancer, athletic, plays on the move, good arm, but he's been banged up a lot. And to me, Pickett, like I, I want to draft those guys in the second round, but if Pickett's going to go in the top 15, like that's not really my cup of tea. But if you said looking back, like Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr, if there was a redraft, those guys would be top 10 picks. So I, I don't think you can go wrong with Pickett. He's safer. Corral has a higher ceiling. <clears throat> but, you know, he's... There's been some stuff, not that I think he's matured a lot this season, but early in his career that I think might leave some team pause. But from what I've heard, become a good leader. Um, he's going to be a fascinating case study, Matt Corral. Because the teams that I know, and they're still in the playoffs, so they're not looking for Matt Corral, they don't think he's a first-round pick. You know, so we'll see. And, and listen, when you, when you evaluate these guys at quarterback, it's more than just, how do you throw? You know, can you play under center? It's like the whole package. And I've heard Pickett, zero red flags. And I'm, not, I'm saying Matt Corral right now, good guy, matured. But I think it, you got to value and you, uh, 
you evaluate the guy's life. Because at quarterback, if I draft a guy in the top 50 picks, he's going to be my starter. He's going to be my starter fast. And then there's just injury issues. Because he's small. If you had to pick one rookie quarterback from the class of 2021 to build your franchise around without looking at the team situation around them, which quarterback would you pick? Uh, I would probably still go with Trevor Lawrence and just hope that I get a better coach and a better GM to build my team. Because to me, it's just hard to judge any of them. And I might be wrong. Like, you know, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance hasn't played. Mac Jones was the best, but he had the best situation. I think it's impossible. I, I would just go still based on Trevor Lawrence coming out of college. Now, every year that passes by, you're not going to be able to do that. But as of right now, one year out, I, I would still lean with Trevor Lawrence. Appreciate everyone sliding in those DMs. If I didn't get to your question, I'll get to it next week or I'll answer it directly. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the football. Godspeed. Peace. volume Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere like at your pregame barbecue while you prep your meats that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch garage and the car inside and without the right home and auto insurance coverage the cost to repair this could eat up your savings so bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.